Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash bonfiresidechat. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Murph. And you are listening to Bonfireside Chat, an undead favorite. And this week we are talking about the return to the undead asylum and uh, the painted world of Ariamis. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Murph. Uh, Murph, tell us a little, about, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, well, I'm Murph. I'm from the Dork Knight podcast, and I'm also a Dark Souls addict. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I blame you two, actually, because... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were telling us about that in the green room, um, <laughs> saying that you started when, when, when we first started the show here a couple of months ago, and you've beaten it three times? Uh, not beaten, but I'm, I'm, ah, I've beaten okay. it twice. There we go. Okay. And then I well, guess well on your way. Well on my way on to a third time, and then also the new game plus. Mm-hmm. So, and then also Demon Souls. Souls, souls, souls. Yep. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for for hopping on here with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm super excited. Cool. So, uh, you know, in the last episode, we uncovered the illusion of Anne Orlando, and uh, you know, took on Dark Sun Gwendolyn and uh, Ornstein and Smo, and now we're going to spend a little bit of time investigating that mysterious painting in that room full of the uh, Ku Klux Cobra guys or whatever we ended up calling the painted guardians last episode yeah yeah this is very much a side road i mean this is an optional area that a lot of people might possibly miss Mm -hmm. um so you know there's going to be a little bit of like twists and turns before we get on the critical path a lot of people once they get the lord vessel they're going to go back to king uh king seeker uh king seeker framped there we go Mm -hmm. and um uh you know proceed on to take on the people from the intro cutscene. But, uh, yeah, there's some stuff that you need to do here. And before we go to the painted world, we have to uh, um, act like an egg. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we talked about, um, you know, how weird and inscrutable this was. Um, oh. And then kind of got called out on a little bit online where people are like, ah, it's not that inscrutable. I, I still think it's pretty inscrutable. Well, yeah. Like, to, in order to access the, the nest, like, you have to do a move that I don't think – the game requires you to do like anywhere else. Really? I don't like, you know what I mean? It's like sort of a jump off of a ledge off of a kind of a place that you're really doesn't seem like you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely rewards curiosity. And as you're riding that elevator between fire link and the parish, you will see items that are on top of that uh, chapel where, um, what's his name? Uh, Petrus. Ray, yeah, Petrus, Rhea Pusher. Um, <laughs> no, that 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 would be Patches rather. Yeah, uh, yeah Petrus, the 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 secret uh, dark wraith. Um, well, he pushes her. He put. Oh, does he? Well, he. I mean, he he doesn't push her. He's uh he's he's got sinister designs. Ah, uh, yes, yes, for her. But uh, that'll be in the the star studded catacombs episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but uh, but you can see up there, it definitely rewards your your curiosity. So there's a reason for you to be there. But you're right, Murph. Like like you're, there's not a lot of platforming that you're expected to do. 
and in the game. engine doesn't lend itself well to oh, platforming. No, no. Like every time I have to jump over something, um, you know, makes getting that uh, uh, that rare that ring of sacrifice um, under the bridge or the bed of chaos fight uh, later on, you know, real oh, pain yeah. in the balls. Like, um, but you know, if you're able to do it, uh, you definitely get rewarded here. The, the the game actively discur- um, seems to actively discourage it because there's a there's an item in the in the uh, berg where it seems like you can benefit from just like jumping like running and jumping but actually you can't get across until you're on top of the roof of that building sometime mm-hmm. later it's just kind of like oh if it looks like I can jump I can't because of yeah. this so I will not try jumping ever again right yeah. and for a game with just like a, a lot of like verticality built into the the I guess the the macro map if that's a way of saying it like it's a compact world and it kind of goes up like oh, there's wow. not a lot of platforming if you will right mm-hmm. yeah yeah but if if you do if you do I think there's a little bit of tolerance built into this because you don't actually jump you can roll off yeah and land on and I feel like it's a little bit more forgiving you know as a platform maybe the hitbox for it is a little wider. Um, I don't, I don't miss this. Like I never hit this and fall off. Right. You know, like I can, you can always just kind of roll forward onto it. Um, even at, at, you know, medium or heavy roll. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You just have to know that you can do it and you have to know to try to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And well, and then on top of that, you have to, do we want to bring up the, the egg nest? <laughs> yeah. Well, for, I mean, first you want to grab that key real quick, which heaven knows why that's there. Right. Like that's a really, there's no. Can we think of any cool clue reason why the key to that door? What what key the is asylum? that? It's the key that um, unlocks the way to the rusted iron ring. Mm. Um, it's on the roof. It's the item you were talking about uh, above uh, Petrus. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, can I can, can, can I speculate? Yeah, man. It, it was somebody who got there, got it. You know, got everything that he need, that he needed to. The the crow was uh, bringing him back, but he fell out of the claws and fell onto the roof and died. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> works for me um but yeah then then you you see that that nest up there which you can actually see down from uh framps you know jacuzzi down at the bottom um you, you but you actually can get up to it and uh yeah that's it's that's that's the nest yeah it, it's weird in that it it doesn't it doesn't trigger the i guess move to the asylum right away like you have to stay there for a good like minute or so yeah, it, it's a test of patience. Like you curl up into a ball, it gives you the prompt, and you know you need to do it. But it's really similar to uh, how you enter the Gravelord Servant later, where it's testing you to see if you give up. Like kind of like the uh, the waterfall in Earthbound, oh, or something yep. like that. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think that in kind of talking about our frustrations with this, it's not that it's so weird that you would be up there. It's weird that your character would know to do this weird thing. Like, yeah, that, that's that's true, and it's also weird that the raven. Uh, like when I first did this, I thought maybe um, the raven was mistaking you for an egg, and that's why it was carrying you. But that's not. Birds don't have like a weekend <laughs> nest and a weekday nest, and every once in a while, hey, I'm feeling flighty. Let's go to the weekend nest and carry all my kids there. Like it's just because you know. And as we're, we'll talk about when we start talking about the painted world. You know, I think that this this crow is actively in service of you, and uh, all you're doing is making it easy for it to carry you, or signaling that you want to go back. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. <clears throat> hmm. I mean, but if he's in service of you, why doesn't he just fly you, you know, to some place that's <laughs> into the kiln of the first flame? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
there you go. Here's Gwen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the uh, Lord of the Rings problem. But uh, I heard somewhere that the reason that that is a thing, why the Eagles didn't just take them there, is because they only respond to like direct pleas from God. So yeah, and this could very well be the uh, the same thing here. They oh, only yeah, respond yeah. to uh, direct pleas from their God. Oh uh, yeah, that is that, that is true. So so in that case, it wouldn't be that the crow is Velka, but that it is a servant of Velka who wants you to find her. Or, or yeah, her or, or wants you to serve her, wants you to, to yeah. accomplish a certain task. And this is, I mean, we're going to get into this. This area has some of my favorite speculation that has the least support. Oh yeah, this is. Mm-hmm. There's some. I've got some great theories about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's I love it about that. And like the the thing that I've settled on into believing, I really feel great about narratively. Mm-hmm. But I just want to add an extra disclaimer to the disclaimer we always have that. There's an element of this stuff where we're talking out of our ass. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so anything that, you know, your interpretation is fine. Feel free to correct us, but uh, know that, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, you get back to the asylum and you're outside of the front door there and there are a bunch more hollows here than we're here before. Yeah. And that's really important just to signal that things have changed. Right. Like you're not just going back to the same area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you didn't find it before, there's a nest off to the left there that uh, it, it kind of looks like you're just going to drop off into nothing. But uh, if you stand there for a second or two, there's a smaller crow that is not visible who uh, asks you to trade her shiny and fuzzy. You, you, give me warm, give me soft. Um, again, uh, another uh, Demon Souls reference. Yep. Was it it's Snuggly the Crow in Demon Souls and it's Sparkly the Crow in uh, Dark Souls? It's uh, it's actually you got it, you have it wrong in the notes. It's Snuggly in uh, in Dark Souls. Ah, okay. And Sparkly in Demons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like a that the crow has a human larynx and b <laughs> that it talks like a child. It's really uh, creepy because it kind of like squawks around its speech. Mm-hmm. You know, ah! like it's a. Yeah, like it can't like help it like make these kind of struggling uh, bird noises. <laughs> like it's the fly, like he just can't help it pull his fingernails off. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's it's tr- someone transforming or something like that almost. <laughs> it's it's really odd. Um and it's uh, this this process is really suboptimized and a huge pain in the ass. And if you are not using uh wiki for this, like god help you. Yeah. Like if oh, you were yeah. just you know, going through every item in your inventory, like, I wonder if he'll like, you know, because it will tell you, you know, he'll, uh, he or she will reject things. Right. But a uh, huge pain in the ass to put all that stuff down and pick it up on this narrow precipice. Yeah. So uh, if, you, if you find this, please just like Google, you know, uh, snuggly trading list. <laughs> and it's, it's the best way. I mean, it, there's some really good stuff in here. Oh, yeah. You can trade for like not I've nothing that's essential, but just really nice. Yeah. Upgrade oh. stuff mostly. A lot of Titanite, yeah, like that you wouldn't be able to get a lot of. So, like, you get the Crest Shield a little bit later here. Or, no, the mm-hmm. Dragon Crest Shield. You get the Crest Shield. Almost, yeah, the cre- the crest. The, yeah, yeah, but but both of them are upgraded with a Twinkling Titanite, of which you can get a, you can, you can get an abundance for the various kinds of moss. So that is, like, the first step. Yeah, and, and then kind of, uh, you know, trading, you get that rubbish in the beginning. Um, you know, the, the kind of troll where the game says this is not used for anything, and right. you can trade it for a uh, Titanite chunk. Which is and, huge, and there's a isn't there a way to trade for a titanite slab? And I think 
You can trade a fully upgraded uh, Pyromancer flame for a Titanite slab. Oh, okay, never mind. Which is yeah, which is crazy <laughs> because like, that, that is you know so many hundreds of thousands of souls invested. <laughs> um, I don't know the exact number, but like it, you know, if you're that desperate for you know, right. just go farm for one <laughs> yeah. at the, the Dark Wraiths, and you'll get one before right. you earn all those souls. But oh. and the red Titanite slab is one of the easiest ones to get. So mm-hmm. the uh, you know just any you're rare, you're gonna need more than one. But you can; it's a it's an option. Uh, oh, Dark Souls! <laughs> yeah, there, there, like there's some there are some uh, ways that you can get like plot relevant items. I think you I think that you trade the uh, the sunlight maggot for the old witch's ring if you're interested mm-hmm. in uh, um, getting it. You know, he- hearing the the, the plot uh, dialogue the from uh, yeah from the fair lady without uh, uh, without taking that as your gift because why? Yeah. <laughs> you can also, I mean, there's other neat things too. Yeah. Um, this is where you can, uh, you can trade the Xanthus crown, which is an item we'll get a little bit later in the show, um, for a second ring of favor and protection, Right. which you, I thought with my soul level one character, that was my big goal was to put on two of those. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> you can't actually put on two of the same ring, oh, no. but it was nice because it meant that when I went down to, you know, when I had to wear the, uh, covenant of Artorias, I could break my ring of favor and protection and still have a backup. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's really useful. It bugs so there, me. It bugs stuff. me that that is uh, abbreviated as FAP. Yeah, yeah, ring of FAP. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my. Mm-hmm. Um, also of note, if you have the DLC, uh, this is where you can trade in the Soul of Manus for the uh, Pursuers spell. Yeah, later we, on. We largely considered to kind of break PvP. Right. Um, the uh, that uh, Dark Souls haters blog. Uh, Tumblr that, that we like. A lot of the messages are just about using pursuers and people being furious about it. But in a way, something that just occurred to me is that this whole trek has so many uh, Demon Souls draw, you know, uh, throwbacks, and this is one of them. Whereas in Demon Souls, you could kind of trade souls for spells right. in addition to weapons, and it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the only soul you can trade for a spell in Dark Souls. Oh yeah, and that, that's definitely that's a, a definite step downward. Like being able to have all that utility from souls is one of the reasons why. You know, I uh, one of the advantages Demon Souls has. Right. Yeah. So you go into the asylum itself. If you uh, uh, run right across the center of the room, you will fall down and fight uh, what I think is one of the more frustrating bosses in the game. Oh, man. I would agree. Yeah. So the first time I I was following, I think, a fac, and this is where the fac is usually helpful, but in this time was hurtful. Because the fact said, return to the, sil- the asylum right after doing Blight Town. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I think I had, like, a longsword and, like, I don't, don't even, like, it was maybe plus five. And yeah. then first time through fighting uh, one of the biggest HP sponges in the game. <laughs> this is a, a tough fight. Like, this was uh, one of the, and I, you know, in, in retrospect now, I value these. Like scars, but the uh, one of the boss fights that really taught me something, and this was the first one where uh, I stripped down naked because he could one shot me. So like you know, I realized like I need to dodge this and learn all of the patterns because I cannot tank anything from this guy, um, which was tr- true at the time. Like you know, that's not true now necessarily. But I ended up using the Drake Sword on him on my first playthrough, even though I'd long abandoned it, just because if I two handed it, it did the most damage. Mm. And uh, just and just and at this point, this is one of these bosses where like I can first try him pretty regularly now, just because this took me you know ten or fifteen tries. The first did we, time through. Did we actually say that it, it's the stray demon? Yes. No, okay. we have not. Uh, <laughs> okay. It is the stray demon. Uh, it is the angry cousin of the uh, 
um, <laughs> demon that you fought at the beginning of the game. Uh, and the angry has... second cousin of Demon Fire Sage. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. In, in fact, when I encountered Demon Fire Sage, like, I immediately got this boost of confidence because I was like, all right, I know how to beat this guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah and, they're, and they're very similar. Yeah. Um, it looks like he's using fire damage, but it's actually magic. That helps, too, if you know that. Yep, because you get the uh, that crush shield here um, mm-hmm. a little later. So if, if you first enter this room, you don't always fall down there. Like, if you watch, the uh, the hollows will avoid the middle of the room. Right. That takes, like, a crazy amount of, of observational skill. But uh, what the way I avoided this, I didn't know that you'd fall down. I just ran off to the right to fight one of the hollows and then rest at the bonfire because I thought maybe some stuff would be up. Mm-hmm. And managed to not fall down in this this pit my first way through. But uh, you're definitely, I think you're intended to. Like, the idea mm. is kind of a trap. Right. So... Um, though it's kind of kind in a way because if you, I guess, fall in the intended way and if you get out of the way really quickly, like off to the side, he will not aggro. So you can actually yeah. heal up from that fall. Yeah, you always roll. I always roll to my right three times then get behind a pillar like every every single time and heal up. And then you can kind of take the battle on it as as you want. And he's not, once you kind of know him, like you just have to stay behind him as much as possible and then back off when he does something that's an area effect but the trick is keeping him in the center of the room like if he gets you into a corner where you know getting behind him you're up against a wall then he's going to hit you with that area effect of magic oh, yeah. which just does insane amounts of damage with the shields you have at this point right oh um, yeah this is this is a fight about just maintaining your distance and not being greedy yeah yep yep patience yeah i've i've only ever beaten him by what seemed like dumb luck ever in the past <laughs> Um, I, I think you guys hit it on some of the, like the localization stuff on the last episode. And I, I just, it just kind of bugs me because he's not really, he's in captivity. He's not like a, yeah, uh, <laughs> he's, could, he's could not it, a stray in any way. Yeah. <laughs> could, could this be like a spare demon? That would be the, that was what I thought. <laughs> like, like he is, he's waiting in the wings in case his cousin dies. It's like, oh boy, I'm ready for my big shot. And it actually, like he, he, he wanted it more. He was hungrier. So he learned all this magic and shit. The, the understudy demon. <laughs> yeah. it was the cool. I mean, you can see, you see him earlier in this. Like you can see, he can be the first creature you see in the game. You know, oh, yeah. when you first leave the, 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 your cell, which is really cool to actually have this kind of play in mm-hmm. a little bit later. But he's just patrolling like back and forth you know, 40 or 50 Toomba lengths. Like he's not doing, you know, he's, there's, he's not doing anything. It's so weird. You know, he, he is like a, a sentient trap only. He's waiting. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. And there's no, like, there's no huge reward for getting him. You, you get a Titanite slab, which is awesome. Cause it can help you get up to uh, uh plus 15 on a regular item. If you, uh, or are, lightning. Are, Oh, get up to plus ten or plus uh, five on lightning. Okay, also uses regular titanite. I thought it also gave you the final plus on on armor. Yeah, that, anything that upgrades with regular titanite. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually a huge benefit. Like going to fighting fighting <laughs> this guy. Like that's that's a that's a big deal, especially yeah. with weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as that's something I, I didn't realize on my first playthrough, but on subsequent ones, if I'm doing a character that is going to emphasize any stat. Or he was going to emphasize dexterity or uh, strength. I would rather do the regular upgrade path because mm-hmm. with stat scaling, you're going to get a lot better results just getting that yeah. up to, to maximum. I just tend to go raw. Use the uh, use the Drake sword. Uh, you know, <laughs> nobody does raw. I know. I just... <laughs> raw crystal. You know, stuff like that. 
Yeah. I actually just fought him just before this episode is a sort of prep, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm going through on my, uh, I guess, dexterity play, and mm-hmm. I'm using the bandit's knife, and kind of by accident, I found out he is super weak to bleed damage. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Like, if you hit him, a, like, a couple times with something like the, the Great Scythe, I guess... Or the the bandit knife? Why why you would use that? Anything other than a kind of a weird play run like I'm doing? Right. Uh, it takes off like a huge chunk. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I feel like it, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but I feel like most of the demons in the game are susceptible to bleed. Um, I know it's true of Fire Sage later. So bleed, bleed, and uh, lightning. Does uh, yeah. does, does lightning do uh, uh, damage to him? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it does. I'm I don't know if it does extra damage. Yeah, to I suppose. Him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, maybe he doesn't because that first playthrough was the only one I used a lightning weapon on, and uh, that's why I switched to the Drake Sword because it was doing more damage. So, right, who knows? Huh. But hmm. uh, if you, if you manage to avoid him, or if you manage to, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, continue as if you go to the bonfire instead of going down there. Right, and uh, you run into Oscar, the uh, first NPC you meet in the game, who warned you that he is going to go hollow, <laughs> and uh, if you didn't kill him, he's hollow now. Yeah, and. Uh, Totally crazy. Yep. Yeah, cra- crazy and also carrying one of the better shields in the game. Yeah. So as yeah, much that- as it pains you to put him down, you kind of benefit from doing it. Oscar, I guess, has a lot of cut content. And, uh, and it's really neat what he, I guess, how far he has actually gotten. If you, I think I've, I've perused a couple boards. And I think a couple people say that they think he might have actually gotten the Lord Vessel and might have collected a f- couple of the Lord Souls. It's uh, there's a lot there. Like if you if you look into it, so I don't remember hearing about him specifically collecting Lord Souls. I know that in the original cut content, though, he sides with the serpent. You don't, right? So so he starts off as an ally and then uh, becomes an enemy and kind of a boss fight because he's oh. serving whichever one you are not, which is awesome. Yeah, like, that's yeah. a really cool idea. Okay, so yeah, he he could become a member of the the chaotic evil covenant, the um, dark dark rates. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, it's also true that he is the guy who's leaving the messages for you in uh, Divine Guidance, I believe it is. Yeah. 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 Or I think it's just Guidance. Guidance, yeah. Is the new, yeah. Um, that Crest Shield, I, so I always do, there's a little bit of a sequence breaking because I always do this Return to the Asylum and the Painted World before I do Ornstein and Smo. Right. And uh, part of the reason is because you get this shield and it makes Gwendolyn, you know, a breeze. Right. Like having the shield with huge magic resist. Um. But yeah, it's it's one of my favorite shields. I usually will pick this or the Dragon Crest shield and just kind of make that my my go to. Yeah, um, it just depends on what I'm trying to emphasize. I always get the Dragon Crest and try and get it up to plus five. But, yeah, uh, this is a nice utility shield if you're fighting anybody. Like it, this is a necessity if you're going to Dukes anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. very useful. Um, also in here, so if you beat the uh, demon or if you're just kind of exploring, you'll run into a couple black knights. Which are notable um, mostly because they, they guaranteed drop red Titanite chunks. Right. So that's useful if you're doing a fire upgrade path. Um, but you mostly just want to get past them and go to the – the reason why we're returning is to go back to your old cell and get the uh, peculiar doll. Uh, can I step back onto the, the, the Black Knights, I guess? Yeah. Or are they – they are black, right? The, 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 the. I'm going to speculate in terms of narrative here. Is this maybe Gwyn finally saying, oh, shit, the, the Chosen Undead has broken out. I better send some people to investigate. 
if not investigate, maybe guard you from getting this doll, which leads you to the painted world, which has God-killing items in it. Oh, right. I didn't like even that, think that, about that, it that way. Yeah, that, that's really that's astute because I haven't thought about um, why there might be changes. You know, like I wasn't thinking of an actual like an active player making these changes other than Seath, but this could definitely be something that that Gwen has done. Yeah. The the heat is definitely on. It it depends on whether or not you believe that the black knights are sentient and making their own decisions, or if they are just kind of hollow extensions of Gwyn's remaining will. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The if, other uh, theory, anybody, oh, or go ahead. I was gonna say I have another crazier theory. <laughs> the crazier the better my friend okay so we all know that time is kind of weird in Lodoran, right yeah so maybe these black knights were there before you arrived at the uh the uh the uh the prison and so you return before you originally arrive and so you facilitate your own breakout by <laughs> by killing the guards and you know slaying the undead mobs that roam the asylum and so that, you're that's awesome because that yeah. actually that I mean, like cause it explains also why the uh, this thing was in your cell yeah. when you, you wasn't there when you were there before. Right. That, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so so we are straight up fucking with causality. That's why you fight the stronger demon now, because this is before you fought the lame one later or earlier, yeah. depending on how the universe works. Yeah. That, yeah, that totally makes sense, though. That's kind of good. Like the idea of you totally. breaking yourself out. Is is uh is pretty pretty strong even though you do kill Oscar yeah right on like your it, way back so it, yeah. it, I mean you you can kind of explain which is like Dark Souls being goofy but that's does that does surprise you know wrap up a surprising number of things <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> so yeah yeah good work you out crazy um, does yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of the, the thing the cool thing about so the peculiar doll which is the key to the painted world um. The kind of what you can extrapolate from this, like the description mentions um, like a hideous half-breed or a monstrous abomination that had this before being shunted into a painted world. Um, and I guess the idea being that maybe when uh, Priscilla was a child, it was considered inhumane to keep her, you know, to banish her to this prison planet, essentially. And instead she was kept in the asylum. Like, would that be maybe why this is here? I mean, it is on a corpse of some, like, husk. So yeah. Maybe, I don't know. So maybe it was like uh, Mr. Burns' teddy bear and it just got like wicked far away and then that person went hollow and was brought back? Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who? I mean, I got the idea that like this, you know, at some point, I mean, it, it, I didn't get the idea. It says this, that uh, whatever this abomination, which we now know to be Priscilla, uh, was kept here before being shunted away. Right. Uh, which like it, it says a lot about that culture and society that's considered more humane to put somebody in this, you know, Les Mis style crumbling <laughs> prison from Labyrinth instead of, uh, you know, this, this, like putting them in the painted world, like as a kid, as somebody who would play with a sad little like Blair Witch style doll. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, like, see, I, I thought that this was a way to kind of put her medicine in her applesauce. Just kind of like, hmm. hey, here, have this doll that happens to be a magic key to, uh, you know, a, a, a prison dimension. <laughs> so yeah, that's true, too. So, yeah, so, yeah. So just kind of like, hey, here's this thing. So that way nobody had to feel bad. It's kind of like how they give, you know, there's like five executioners and they all have a button. So that way nobody knows that they're the one who killed them kind of thing. Yeah. Just kind of like, hey, here, take this thing. Oh, no, she's in the painting now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, this speculation makes sense because we know that Priscilla was originally meant to have a much bigger role. 
right. in the game. So like the fact that some of this story stuff that we're conjecturing on very well could have been there at some point in the game's planning. And I think I I, I kind of linked this in something. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I think someone is speculating because one of the screenshots in Dark Souls 2 looks suspiciously like the walk-up to uh, the Painted World. Yeah, mm-hmm. the rope bridge. Yes. Not, not just looks like it. The In the developer interview, they said we've seen this bridge before. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's more – yeah, it's, it's it's more than that. So, I mean, it's pretty – and I'm I'm excited – about that, like that's really oh, yeah. cool to me because I I love this this area quite yeah. a bit. Um, so yeah, yeah. So and we we don't really need to cover the room that gets you to the painting again. Um, we we talked about that. Um, you can run past all the painting guardians guardians if you want to. Don't get swarmed, and uh, and then you get sucked in and you're you're trapped. It's a one way ticket. Oh, you know? yep. It's a one way ticket via a horrifying cutscene. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm. And you're, I mean, you're not, you're even trapped even if you, you have the war, the lore vessel, the Lord vessel, and you can warp. Like this, this bonfire that you at first initially encounter is cut off. Right. Yep. Which is really, I guess, other than one other place. That the, there are two bonfires that are not connected to the rest of them. This right. one and yeah. Duke's. Well, also all the ones in the, uh, in the asylum. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. connected to the rest, but yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the only one, and it's not all the Duke's ones. It's just the one in the prison. So it's yeah. pretty rare that they they pull this this on you, right? Um, but it definitely lends some claustrophobia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and luckily there's a, there's a kind of an experience gate. So like by the time you can get here and get to the the painting, like it might be more challenging if you go there right as soon as you can get to Anne Orlando, but you're not going to end up here at level two, right? You know, unless you're um, doing an SL two run. Yeah, except, except for when I was here on my level one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, uh, the, but yeah, so I mean, at least that that's uh, that's helpful. One of the things I love about this area um, is that, uh, and when we talked about this um, in relation to something either on a watch hour fireballs or on this, but like the power of contrast. So like you spend all of your time in uh, you know kind of crumbling cities and then dark route, which is this really verdant green. And going to the painted world reminded me of the uh, the sanctuary in Fallout Three. Yeah, like when you, you're just suddenly in an entirely different color palette and a different style style of area, a different and climate. just feels really alien. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. uh, it, it feels like a world apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also so, and and just kind of talking generally a little bit about the structure. Um, and this was something I came to later, but. This area, in addition to having its kind of narrative focus, um, I think is really kind of a love letter to Demon Souls. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like a lot, lot of references. And then just the way it plays, like the way that it is a linear level with shortcuts that all kind of cut back to the right. beginning. It's one bonfire, there's an exit at the end, and then it's just about making it a little bit further down this line every yeah. time. I, I love the way they use space in this level. Like, because... Like once you've completely beaten it, you can you can literally run through it in like a minute, mm-hmm. mid two minutes maybe. Mm, right. Yep. Yeah, really like, effective shortcuts and really uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the the critical path through it is like a, a series of concentric circles that get ever wider, and then you can just cut a line right across the diameter of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, the one thing, the one kind of drawback, as much as I, I like this world a lot, is the the fact that they um, rely on you know the, the primary enemy you're running into are kind of uh, beefed up hollows, right? 
So, you know, I would have, I would have appreciated, uh, you know, just for enemy palette to be a little bit, a little bit wider. Kind of but beefed up hollows. I mean, like, are you talking about the flame tumors? I was just talking about the regular hollows you run into. Oh yeah, are, are tougher the, than the regular ones. Yeah, but the, 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 the flame tumors are. Ugh. I can get behind those guys. Yeah, the yeah. The, the, <laughs> the thing that makes like the kind of the beefed up hollows, I call them pirate hollows because they're climbing up the walls with the with their blades in their teeth. Yeah, and they that, that happens like, a lot. That happens so much. You, like you'll you'll think that you're fine. They don't make a lot of noise when they're climbing up, and you go to the end of like a of a digression there. Then you come back, and like holy shit, there are six of them. Where did they come from? Oh, they climbed up the walls, and they're yeah. right there now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and they're and they're fucking tough, man. Like yeah. it, it's like they're they're enemies that you were originally taught not to fear, and now they are in groups and they do more damage. They're they're toughened by this this harsh, peaceful land, yes. and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> that means you no harm. And the uh, yeah, you know, I I you know, so I, I wish they just would have looked a little bit different. Like I really like how they do that in the DLC. Like you fight essentially very similar, you know, just kind of townspeople, but they look different. They have different move sets, and uh, you know, they kind of handle that. That Goomba, you know, a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. The dredglings. But the uh, yeah, the flame tumors. Talk to us about flame tumors. Fucking okay. So the oh. flame tumors <laughs> in, in in a world where like you probably didn't come in. Like at least I, I've never gone in here with a lot of humanity to like kindle the bonfires. Very very rarely have I come in with the right of kindling. Um, enemies that if you don't know not to kill them with a melee weapon <laughs> um, <laughs> will toxic you. Uh, toxic being the most hated <laughs> status, the status of the game. Yeah. For, for, yeah. for me, like, there are ones that are like slightly more inconvenient, but this is the one that will kill, kill you the quickest, I think. Um, just kind of like, hey, have fun now. So you have five Estus, and you're just kind of like just trying to make as many runs as you can. God help you if you don't have a a fire weapon or b any kind of ranged attack because mm-hmm. uh, they will they will mess your shit up. Well, you want my my uh, my solution to this on my first playthrough. I was using the uh, the Black Knight Greatsword. Okay, mm. and if you uh, if the the two handed strong attack is essentially a golf swing. And it will launch them far enough away so that you don't get the uh, the toxin oh, when you kill them. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, they, they they move slow enough that you can actually like time the lead up if you don't have them locked on. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you. I mean, it's it's definitely not trivial to do, but it's it's worth it to avoid the toxin. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my my tactic to deal with them was uh, was to use um, combustion greater and mm-hmm. uh, greater combustion. That was that that was kind of my like okay, I'll do my. A uh, couple hits with my Zvi Hander, and um, then just kind of cauterize their wound with combustion. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can also, uh, if you're quick, you can roll out of the way too. Like yeah. if you roll back as soon as you kill them, you won't get toxic. The yeah. uh, the most recent playthrough I did was with my guy, my two handed strength guy with no shield. Right. Like on Tuesday, I think, I, or Tuesday or Wednesday, I went through this area um, with, with that guy, and uh, as long as you roll directly backwards away from them you don't get toxic if you roll a little bit to your right or left you do <laughs> so i got toxic a, a, a bunch of times with him and that was definitely frustrating yeah um so i just kind of would try to get to the next shortcut you know while my life was slowly draining away yeah and uh <laughs> yeah. some uh, of them are pyromancers some of them just have uh, uh torches yeah so they kind of look like they're infected with blight pus but yeah. i think there's a spell that you get uh, in this area, a little later on, that kind of leads you to believe that they're not from the the Greats or not from Blighttown. I think you you get a spell like an acid 
spray, acid, acid surge. Fall, yeah. That talks Ooh. about um, there being pyromancers who are not from the Great Swamp. I think this is a fire spell. Hold on. I can. The, the, there is a Google spell called fire, fire Surge that you do yeah. find here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, think it, I think it mentions it being developed in a faraway land. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, they, they're, they're definitely here, they're definitely hollow. Um, let's see here. Pyromancy. From uh, Pyromancy Foreign of the Great Swamp uh, creates a surge of flame from the palm of the hand. Not all pyromancy originates in the Great Swamp. One hears rumors of unknown pyromancers inhabiting various lands, and this spell is the work of one such out- outlander. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I like the, I, these things are disgusting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> As well. And I, I'm you know, genuinely creeped out by how they look and how they're bulbous. Like they look a little bit like boomers from left for dead. Like the way that, you know, boomers kind of like jiggle, uh, when they walk or like, uh, the smokers, like weird neck goiter and left for dead. And I really appreciate it. What up with your tour with, with your torso dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right at the top of the stairs here, too, and kind of a... Oh, and the other thing, too, that we didn't really talk about is there are corpses everywhere. Oh, for fucking... Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll find more of them later, but they're just, like, hanging from ropes. Yeah, like, hanging from ropes, uh, hung up on trees. Like, everything is, like, a warning. Like, everything here is dead. Right. <laughs> um, once you go up that first set of stairs, too, there's kind of a neat thing. If you go into that first building, um, there's a shortcut I always do, which is kind of a non-intended... You know, a shortcut. But if you jump off one of the ledges, you can jump down to the courtyard right from the beginning and unlock the front door. Right oh, off yeah. the top. Which, again, like, I didn't realize that the first time I did it. But now that I've done it, I realize it, like, feels really Demon Soulsy. It feels like <laughs> the shortcut in 4-1 in, uh, in Demon Souls. Right. Yep. So, yeah. uh, I, the, the building to the left after the, the first set of stairs, mm-hmm. after you go up there, do we want to talk about the Banshees? Because... When you when you climb that, you're kind of. I was greeted with this like just this expansive view of the level, and just kind of lurking in like the far distance. You just see uh, these like crow-like beings, menacingly, you know, just kind of really far, not really threatening you, but just ominously surveying the land. And it was just like a really like cool like moment. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're they're, yeah, they're, they're flying around. They're surveying. They're watching. Yeah, bird-like. <laughs> As in half-bird. Well, and then they come down, and then you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 And, and then they do that move that every, like, sexy lady assassin does where they, like, strangle you with their thighs. <laughs> yeah, they have a crotch slam with their weird, creepy Barbie crotches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, God, God help the internet fool who's masturbating to those people. God help him. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you're, oh. and if you're listening, stop. You're going to chafe. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I, I like these guys, though. They're like a nice bit of toughness. Like, they're mm-hmm. tricky. Um, they've got, you know, a fairly unpredictable, like, there's not very much wind-up to their regular attacks other mm-hmm. than their, their uh, you know, jump-on-your-shoulder one, which has a little bit more range than, than I sometimes will give it credit for. Right. And, but there's a huge like wind up for it, like it's it's yeah. super telegraphed. Yeah. yeah, 
but it's sometimes like doing stage magic like no matter how telegraphed it is like they fight you in areas where it's really really hard to dodge them like mm. if you're if you're getting to the point where you can like run up that spiral staircase there like there's not much you can do especially if there's one behind you and one in front of you oh yeah, yeah. like one of them gonna get you yep. <laughs> now our Getting into, I guess, the narrative of this area, are these are these guys servants of Velka, the the goddess of sin, who is known to be you know represented by a crow, or is this some kind of weird, just twisted demon thing? My take is that they're servants. Yeah, think about like chaos servants, like the people who like um, willingly go to the demon ruins in Lost Isolith to get infected with the uh, with, you know with the with the larvae. Like okay. I see this as being something similar. Right, like people, mm. people who sought out the painted world in order to become this thing. I don't know by what mechanism, but that just kind of seems <laughs> nice and pat for me. Yeah. Open your clo- cloaca. <laughs> yes. Cloaca, cloaca, cloaca. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. And in either way, I'm pretty sure that they're like, anytime I see a crow, it's so intentional that like, like Velka, Velka, Velka. Like I don't see any reason not to associate anything that's a crow with Velka, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And otherwise, they would choose another bird. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, there's more Velka later on. Oh yeah, in a big bad way. Yeah. Um, we run into some uh, albino rats in the in the basement here, which act a lot like regular rats. Like they just kind yeah. of run away from you. But the the more no uh, biggest you know most noteworthy thing is you also run into the uh, painting uh, guardian armor. Which is a like really good for light poisonous armor. So good, like it, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It has really good magic resist. Um, and then uh, B, like you know, what are, I realize that they guard, guard the painting. Um, is it just an associative thing? Um, you know, are these are the painted guardians the people who are going through this terrible transformation that we totally pulled out of our asses um, <laughs> into Velka servants? You know, who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah, you know. they're yeah, they're definitely. I don't know. Yeah, no. yeah, nothing. The, uh, so you end up the, – the kind of centerpiece of this level is this big spiral uh, kind of castle thing, and uh, which is interesting, you know, making your way through this. So on one end, there's a bridge which has a, a huge undead dragon at the end, and uh, it's a little frustrating that they reused him, but I feel like this is the more, like, appropriate boss arena for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, like, m- mechanically, there are places where you can distract him to. So, like, if you mm-hmm. get him to do his uh, poison vomit to the left, you can hit him in the center, and then he, you know, goes to the center. You can t- you can attack him from the right. Uh, it-, it feels like a like an appropriate mini boss. Whereas in the Valley of the Drakes, it really feels like an ambush. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and well, I mean, they're serving different purposes. Like this one is a mini boss, and that one is a trap. Right. But I love the way that he pulls himself forward and pulls off his his torso. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, behind him, like it happens earlier too. But it's just it's worth bringing up that that's awesome. Right. And and as you're, I guess, going to grab the 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 loot bait, like there's mm. all these like signs that like oh shit he's coming to life. Oh shit there goes the wing. Oh god here he yeah. comes. Yeah. What's um, weird what's, is I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Gary. No. What's weird is. Um, <laughs> you pick up the blood shield, which is one of the better poison resist shields in the game. So if somebody who had this, they, 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 they wouldn't have died to him <laughs> likely. Yeah. Well, mm. you, you use it for uh, Priscilla. Oh yeah. Like it's the bleed, it's, it's poison resist, but the biggest thing it has is bleed resist. Okay. So, um, it's, it, you know, essential if you want to use Priscilla's weapon, um, like the, the boss weapon you can get from her and really useful in the boss fight. So again, showing the way that like dark souls, 
know, it doesn't directly hold your hand, but in almost every area you're going to get something very useful for it. The same way you get the spider shield right before going into Blight Town. Right. Um, you get the the blood bite shield right before, uh, you know, you, you get ready to fight the, the boss whose, you know, twin concepts are invisibility and bleed. Right. You know? So... <laughs> Is it worth noting here that you can actually, there's a shortcut after you beat this dragon to like directly the, the fog door for Priscilla? Yeah, yeah. And there's some debate as to whether this is intentional or not. Like if you if you do a jumping strong attack against the um, the lower half of this dragon, it will stand up and you can move onto the bridge under it. And the reason why people think that it's maybe not intentional is because like one, it just kind of stands stock straight up. In a yes. really goofy kind of way, but two, they reuse the uh, the dragon butt in uh, the demon ruins, or in uh, in Lost Isolith, and they think that maybe it's just reacting. It's like some kind of bit of code associated with the object to react mm. to being attacked in a certain way. And, I mean, yeah. you're also skipping a, a fog door here because I think there's a fog door to the the bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. There, there's a fog door from the uh, from the from the spiral staircase into the courtyard. Yeah. You're, you're skipping a lot this way. Like yeah. if you, if oh, you yeah. do it this way, I mean, and that's in a way it's a really good thing because if you got in here on accident, um, this is the only you know boss that you meet without having to kill in, in the game. So, I mean, you can get to the beginning to the end fairly easily and just leave if you decide this is not your cup of tea. Right. So, but, yeah. But instead, we will go back into the uh, gigantic uh, curved structure. Yes. Oh. Do we uh, I, just to get us a little bit farther back into that first like sort of dilapidated house? Mm-hmm. Do you guys pick up the the crazy egg cure thing in there? Oh yeah, the egg vermifuge. Yeah, you have to do some uh, tricky platforming to get up there. Yeah, that, that's just such an odd item to be there. I guess. Yeah, it's not very useful. Like the, right. the one, the one. If you get egg status, which is hard to do, like you you have to try to get egg status. Um, you, you're doing it because you want uh, Ingi to, to sell you, uh, you know, pyromancies. So, mm-hmm. and and that cures you. He gives you a cure. So, like, there's no reason to farm these things. It is really weird, and I can't think of a like a lore reason why that's there. Except if the eggs and kind of the chaos servant stuff was seen as heresy by Gwyn's court or whatever, or whoever commissioned this. So it's kind of like, yeah, let's just throw everything in there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This nut is heresy. Give it a doll. <laughs> Give it a doll. <laughs> Gwyn's just like giving dolls out like left and right. He's gone mad. He's just like floating from a balloon, throwing out dolls onto his people. And somebody just turns to the camera and is like, the age of dark can't start soon enough. Yeah. Wave to the people. It's like dolls. a Ziggy comic with Dark Souls characters. Like, <laughs> call me crazy. <laughs> call, call me crazy, but we don't need this many dolls. Siggy. Siggy. Sigmeyer. Siglind. Yeah, that's a good Siggy. Like, somebody draw that. That's he's, a good idea for a comic. He's roughly, he's roughly Ziggy shaped. Yeah, he, he's like what, he's like two Ziggy heights and one Ziggy width. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah, uh, you can do, <laughs> you can jump up on the rafters and get that thing. Yeah, um, the, um, going to the the top of the spiral thing, you find some some you know, you fight a bunch of these uh, servants of Velka. And you get one of the more interesting PvP items that I don't think is used very often, but I like the concept of it a lot. 
it's so great. So the so the description says that it's used by dark wraiths who wish to remain honorable, so that mm-hmm. they're not forcing themselves upon uh, people, uh, mm-hmm. their worlds, but they're leaving that there, saying like, "Hey, if you want to fight, here's this thing." Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's the red soapstone. You know, it's a, a missed opportunity there would be uh, having Kirk drop one of those since he's supposed to be like the good dark wraith you're running yeah. to. So, yeah. Uh, have you, have you encountered any of those signs ever? No. Oh, <laughs> yep. Same here. Yeah, yeah. No, but nobody uses it because it's not about trolling people. Yeah. <laughs> so, or I mean, maybe it doesn't work well or something. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe somebody, it's like learning. We'll have to ask, uh, like we have a little bit later, um, Probably in about a month, we have somebody who's done a lot of PvP. We're going to have on an appendix episode to give us kind of a tutorial on it, mm. and we'll have to remember to ask him. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I forget that this exists until I get it, and it's kind of like, yeah. oh, that's neat, and then I pocket it and then go about my business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the bottom of this, you can go back into the courtyard there, which you have to do to uh, to progress, and you run into. Um, you know, probably the most, well, this, the second most obvious uh, Demon Souls reference right. in this yeah. area in the way of the, the phalanx, which is uh, very similar to the first boss in, uh, in Demon Souls. Right. And, and named the same. Yeah. <laughs> similar. <laughs> they spell and pronounce their names the same. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, the way this thing creaks into life yeah. is so oh, yeah. great and creepy. Like, uh, and they're protecting a statue of Velka. Like, they are all uh, huddled around one. Is it is it Velka for sure? That's what I've read. I don't know okay. what says it, but I, that's what I've read is that that's Velka. Okay, uh, nah. I've never me. I've never gotten a good enough look. I was curious enough, like to to see, but her entire head is covered in snow um, mm-hmm. in the cutscene when you when you pull the lever mm-hmm. to exit there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would believe that as much as anything. Yeah, Although, I mean, yeah. When we're talking about kind of the set dressing here, it's worth noting that. Um, early in development, the painted world was actually intended to be um, Nito's domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, instead of the catacombs, this was you know you were supposed hmm. to go here, um, but uh, they instead ins- instead of like you know getting rid of it entirely, they said, okay, we're going to make this optional along with this entire other deity that we made optional. <laughs> right, and we and we don't know when that happened in development. Right. So, yeah, the the phalanx is when I first played through this, um, and I had my uh, pretty serious. Uh, you know, great chaos fireball. I I spent a lot of time farming on these guys. Yeah, there's a full run. You kill all of them, you get four thousand souls, and you can kill all of them with like an area effect spell like like that pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first run through was a melee only, and ooh, not not as easy. <laughs> <laughs> they're tough. They're tough because they're all faced out, and you can't get behind them too easily. And their shields, uh, much like the phalanxes of yeah. yore, like uh, the phalanx, like the SNES. Phalanx. Yes. <laughs> um, was, it, was that the one with the hillbilly on the front? Yeah. Okay, yeah I don't cool. know. That's just a shooter game, but yeah. uh, the, that's, the cover will make it live in infamy. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, my favorite part about this general area, before you kind of go down in the basement, which is really tough, is if you go off to your left, um, two important things happen here. So, like, one, if you're human, you get an MBC, NPC invader, which I really love, but I'll talk in one second. The, uh, the area itself I love, though, because it's all of these cages – that are on the ground broken with corpses out of them. And I get the impression that like when something gets teleported to the painted world through like their banishment banishment method, it falls from the sky. Like I have this idea of, you know, heretics and such being put in these cages and then just getting dropped into this world from 
from the ether, landing, dying, and having their cages smash open mm-hmm. in this kind of field over here. Um, and they all—they're all heroes. Like they're all hero souls. Yeah, yeah. Or, no, they're not all heroes. That's too much. They're all—I think—they're renowned soldiers. Yeah, or something like that. But they're high-level souls mm-hmm. through these uh, just kind of dead soldiers that are just dropped on the ground. Um, and they're—they clearly have been dropped. Like they're broken open. The chains are broken. You know, the, the my imagination filled in that, like them kind of falling from the sky bit. But uh, that's kind of what I put together by looking at the environment. And I really like it. So and then then somebody puts them on spikes on top of that. So. Yeah, indignity upon indignity. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in the painted world. So I saw this as two different things. Either they were brought there on, uh, you, you know, in cages, or they were brought there and then put on spikes. Mm-hmm. Like it cru- could be both. Crucified like people, on these spikes. Yeah. yeah. Some people are brought on cages. Some are brought on spikes. Because not everyone is on a on a spike either. Right. You know. So I mean, it's clearly both. Yeah. Um, or they were put on the spikes alive and they got off and then they died trying to crawl to the crawl cliff. away. Yeah. yeah. Also cool. To end it quicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then and at some point you're going to hear this telltale invasion sound and you get uh, invaded by uh, the, you know, probably the most obvious Demon Souls reference in this area. Uh, Xanthus, Xanthus King Jeremiah. Xanthic, Xanthus, which means yellow. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I always mistakenly refer to him as Xanthus King Jeremy. <laughs> that's what his friends call him yeah you know, he, you yeah. know the Pearl Jam wrote that song about him you wouldn't know <laughs> yeah, that, was King that video was fucked up but uh, <laughs> um, I mean this is a, a like, probably a really neat reference to Demon Souls and probably one of the cooler boss fights in Demon Souls I love that boss fight in Demon Souls like, and just the set that he comes from and that is really cool. And it suggests this kind of interconnectedness between the worlds that even the developers deny. But in my brain, the fact that this is here, you know, and it would be in this like kind of banished dimension. Mm-hmm. I really like it because we know that Xanthus uh, King Jeremiah is not invading from like another area because we find his stuff right. later um, if we kill him. So he's associated with this area. And it just suggests like these far off, you know, you're kind of on this island. Maybe there's a whole kingdom you know, on the other side of this painting and this is the king of it and everything. And it's just, you know, that's just, it, it gives me just enough to get me fired up without, uh, spelling anything out. Yeah. And this is a, this is a really tough fight actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a really, as opposed to most like PVP things, like he's not a melee, he's a really strong pyromancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. That area effect can one shot you pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And the, the terrain is just not conducive for you uh, to move around easily. Mm-hmm. Like it's all ledgy and, oh, not very good for platforming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely going to have trouble circle, uh, circle strafing him. And God forbid you get like in the center of his AOE. Uh, yeah. What is that? Is that, is that a chaos fireball that he throws that puts up yeah, the lava like, there? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Well, the chaos fireball like puts lava, but he does like a firestorm attack, which name yeah. I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Um, and he's clearly also the king in yellow. We didn't say it out loud. It's in, in the notes. But in the original mm-hmm. Demon Souls, it's a reference to the, the old monk is a reference to the king of yellow, mm-hmm. uh, king in yellow, a uh, an avatar of Haster and blah, 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 dorky Cthulhu <laughs> mythos stuff that <laughs> nobody, about me, nobody but me cares about. So I put it in the notes, man. I know. <laughs> I like Cthulhu too. Yeah, the, the, uh, I maintain one of the coolest uh, Google image searches you can do is for the king in yellow. Yeah. Like uh, that's a, there's a lot of really kind of badass and in like a '70s prog album cover way uh, <laughs> pictures of, of the king in yellow as an entity, and uh, 
Yeah, he's, yeah, and you, yeah. Oh, and you get uh, you get 40,000 souls for killing him. So many, and I lost yeah. all of them this playthrough. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> Just go back to the bonfire, man. You're right there. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was saving them. What I wanted to do, I wanted to uh, take them back down to Blighttown to, uh, to buy a bunch of uh, pyromancies that I had mm-hmm. yet to get. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow because that's a lot of souls. That is a bunch of souls. That's like uh, where, where I was in this playthrough. That's like three level ups. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I also fun. I guess fun PvP story. Uh, mm-hmm. I one of my first couple of invaders was someone wearing this this armor set, and I was like, "What the? There's a giant <laughs> dick on my screen. Is, is this a hacker? Be careful comparing anything to anything phallic on this show." Murph. <laughs> yeah, I know. What does that say about you, Murph? <laughs> I just just gonna warn you there. You're in policy and dildos everywhere. <laughs> last sane man, last sane man on earth. Uh, yeah. One yeah. of the cool things about this too is if, if you wear it, it's a real commitment to looking like a goof because yeah. it, it hinders your visibility <laughs> so badly. This way, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and the the his the weapon he drops the whip. Yeah. I, I picked it up and I was like, oh man, it's a whip. This is going to be awesome. And like, I, I go to backstab, like just a regular hollow. I'm like, <laughs> no! nope. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. There are people it's, in the Something Awful thread talking about um, talking about trying to do a Belmont run, and everybody's like, nope, not going to do that. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. And I did a, like a, I did a, for Sexy Party Solaire, I ran down and got the whip from uh, Blighttown. And the, uh, uh, it's terrible. And this whip is only marginally better. And then the whip that is incredibly difficult to get from the DLC that you get at like level 80 is only marginally better than this. Right. Like, there are no good whips in this game. <laughs> so, uh, you take out, uh, uh, what's his name? Jeremy? Jeremiah? There we go. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy has spoken class earlier today. <laughs> and, uh, it's time to. That. Yes. Couldn't go whip. for the bullfrog? With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, child, child of the eighties and nineties, respectively. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, you, you, you pop as unpopped as it head, or it gets more of a skin tag. I don't even know. It's weird. It is really, really weird. Um, and uh, the the courtyard is mostly yours, and there is a uh, there is a ladder down into a very, very dark uh, Tomb of the Giants dark, actually, um, area that has one of the most annoying enemies in the game. Am I, am I safe in saying that? Oh, yeah. Definitely okay. top. You know, there's, there's a list of two, and he's on it. <laughs> <laughs> top two. Um, yeah, who, and, and who are you giving a number one? Oh, it's archers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Yeah. Yeah, th- these things suck. And this is probably the first time you're going to encounter them unless you kind of sequence broke and went down to the uh, the catacombs early. And that's right. not really sequence breaking, but uh, we'll talk about how the weird place the catacombs holds in the sequence when we get to that episode. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just want like, even in the catacombs, they're not as, I guess, quite as egregious because there's there's room to maneuver and, like, dodge in yeah. the catacombs. They're trapping you here. And the yeah. darkness is actually more like your lock-on distance is reduced. Here, like, uh, and I've tested this. Like, it, your lock-on distance is not as far as it is in other areas in the game, and uh, they are quieter up until they get closer to you. Like, these are tra- like one hundred percent traps. Right. Mm. Like these are these are them springing themselves from the darkness to uh, to gotcha. And yeah. like, once they get you, you you're got. You get got. It's like yeah, it's the liberal news media. Oh, there's gotcha skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was the last magazine you read? <laughs> Is it true that you would say that you're not a rapist? <laughs> when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> skeleton journalism. <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like walking into a wheat thresher. Yeah, you're gonna lose your arm. Pa's gonna lose the farm. You know, it's just like yeah. you're trying to pay for your medical bills. It'll- yeah, these, these, man, these things. I texted you about this when I first ran into these things. And I was just like, what do I do? Like, what do you? What do you get? How do you get away from them? Because they, at that point, my only defensive vocabulary was to block. Yeah. Oh no. Right? And that's that's a big mistake because these things are gonna wear down your your endurance. Like nothing. So it's like this is you know you need to learn to dodge. There's really no way around it. It's it's not even like learn to dodge. So it's it's a weird kind of uh, contradiction where you're used to being like okay wide open areas good you can dodge better. But in this case, it's actually easier to fight them in the narrow corridors because you can like bait them to running to one side and you know they're only going to be coming from one direction. When you get into the portion of the cellar where they're coming from like all, like fuck all everywhere, then that's a problem. But with most of them, it's kind of like you run at them but at a slightly oblique angle to where they're coming from and then you're fine. See, I, I actually had the opposite experience. Me too. Really? Yeah. 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 I found them much easier in the open area where I could – like just pull one of them at a time and then like dodge that one attack and then like run up and just smash them completely and then move on. Like in yeah. the in the corridors I was just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was just too. like run and hope hope to get to that key. Especially once I realized how many there were in that open area. So like if they're not taking by, by surprise that open area was no problem. They do have tracking. So like to Cole's point, if you're in a big open area and you're just trying to kind of uh semicircle around them they are going to home on home in on you pretty well, um, yeah. And I mean, even if there's like if there were two attacking me, it's like game over. Like, yeah, yeah. you might be better than Dark Souls. You're like, oh, you baby, you can't take on two wheel skeletons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and and you know what? None of these fuckers have ever dropped one of their shields for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like there's that, a shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just it's, use their you use their wheel, and it's awesome. Your R two attack turns into you holding it out and spinning it, mm-hmm. and it hits like three times. It's really cool looking. I watched a speed run that was a, a really convoluted where it was shield only speed run. Jeez. So like wow. you can only attack with a shield, and he went down to the catacombs and just lucked out and happened to get one of these and set the world record <laughs> because he got one of these in the first like you know fifteen minutes of the game. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, that's up there with the Balder side sword and the uh, uh, it, the Channeler's Trident. Yeah. like yep, and, yep. Or the Titanite Catchpole. Any of those kind of upper tier enemy weapons. That's just kind of like, good luck. One and two fifty six. Why not? Yeah. Pink tails. Huh. Yeah. Because I've, I've always gotten every run through Balder side sword. God damn it. Everybody. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> uh, even the Dex one where I was actually intending on using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. Random yeah. numbers are a bitch. But the uh yeah, so these these guys um you know are pretty uh and it's a you know, effective set piece, right? Like you're going through the dark, these things can start coming at you at any point. Like it's pretty tension inducing. Oh, I, yeah. I really like it. Um the big reasons why we're here is if we're going down the uh the critical path, we are uh turning a switch which makes Velka's statue turn around and open up the gates that lead to the emboss. Um, but if you investigate some illusory walls down here, you also find the annex key, the most blandly named key in the game. Like it just—it just sounds like it's like a, a the, the bar, my hometown, the bar we always used to go to was called. There was Lord Stanley's, and then there was Lord Stanley's annex, 
and we always used to go to the annex, but it's such a way of naming something like, oh, use conference room, you know, 2F. Conference room 2 <laughs> is busy. You know, like it's such a bland naming convention. I think I went to – when we ran out of a room at our school and there was like an annex of trailers, mm-hmm. that's, where they, that's where they shunted us. Yeah, this is where the, the painted oh, world okay. shunts its additional you know, its extra, <laughs> excess stuff. Yeah, uh, just us and the wheel skeletons all day long. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but it's actually where they shunt their most valuable things. Yes, Ooh. yes. This is all the uh, it's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, secret stuff. Um, so you go there. It's just another couple of buildings, but it's most notable for what you uh, you find there. Um, this is where you get Velka's gear, um, right. which is the the same stuff the partner wears. Uh, you run into in the the Bell Gargoyle Tower, yeah, Oswald. Yeah, Oswald. Um, Velka's rapier, which scales with intelligence, mm-hmm. which is you know pretty neat. And uh, I think this is also this is either do you get the talisman here or do you buy it? No, you buy it from him. Yeah, you buy but it. But an interesting bit of Velka thing is it's a talisman that scales with intelligence. So if you want to make a combination, you know, a uh, a caster, a wizard character that also uses some faith, you can uh, really hit hard with those uh, those offensive faith spells with this thing. Yeah. I've and, never done it. It'd be fun to do like a magic only character who dipped into all three disciplines. Yeah. Mm. That, 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 that kind of pairs nicely with uh, what is it? Gwendolyn's talisman, the dark sun talisman or mm, catalyst where it casts from yeah. faith instead of intelligence. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. Which uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to draw extrapolations here, but uh, given that the dark moons were supposed to be uh, Belka's, um, uh, what is that faction anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, eh, connections. Uh, interesting thing about um, there. Uh, so there is definitive proof proof that there used to be a Velka covenant, um, and the uh, what is it? The room, uh, the spell, Karmic Justice, which is the one that the partner sells you, used to be a ring. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that you would get for joining her covenant, which it would work way better as a ring. Yeah, because like, it's like a buff, right? It's well, it's it's what happens is if you take enough hits, you explode into a like a big kind of uh, wrath of God. Yeah, style, uh, you know, explosion. Um, so it doesn't last that long. People have made really good use of it uh, via PvP. I've watched a couple of excellent videos. Um, yeah, you uh, see uh, on the forums, he's like, he's, yeah. he's done a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, and you can do cool things with it, but it doesn't have it doesn't have a huge duration, is my understanding. Would be one issues with with it, and you have to be able to take all those hits. Yeah, but having it as a ring, like every time you're surrounded by hollows, each one's hitting you for a little bit of damage. Eventually, you're just going to blow up and kill all of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and it'd be, it'd be really badass. Mm-hmm. Did we did we also mention that uh, Vow of Silence, another spell that associated with Velka, is found here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or no, okay. we have not mentioned it, but that is ah. a thing that you find here. Yeah. Which is pretty much a PvP spell because it prevents magic from being casted. I don't know. I've never yeah. actually tried to use it. Yeah, it's like so. a Lloyd's Talisman except for uh, miracles and spells. I wonder if it works on, like, channelers. Oh, yeah. I'd be curious. I mean, it's not you know that useful. Like channeler spells are rarely, you know, that big a deal. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I imagine it almost have to work, right? Yeah, I'm sure someone has tried it yeah. at yeah. some point. <laughs> It'd be useful to come here before uh, Dukes in any case. So, yeah. See, okay. there's no channelers in here, which I find actually a little bit surprising. <laughs> Disturbing. Yeah, at this point, it's just when they're not around that it's weird. Well, so. well, you you would I, think. You would think that Seath would want to send some of his agents here to check out his daughter, right? Yeah, well, maybe he, if, if indeed. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can't get get them in. Oh yeah, you know? 
Um, <laughs> but the uh, the kind of the biggest lore thing that ties a lot of this stuff together, though, that you find is the Dark Ember, yeah. um, which uh, similar to the Divine Ember is is in a statue of a, a blacksmith um, found there. And the the Dark Ember creates a called weapons, which from a gameplay perspective are absolute trash. But from a lore perspective, are really cool um, because they are the weapons that uh, kill the gods. They're meant to hunt the gods. Mm. Right. So, so is I guess going back to this this podcast favorite fan theory uh, involving Haster and uh, or not Haster uh, <laughs> Havel Havel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we? Did you guys think that he actually made it into the painted world, or do you think it, the Dark Ember came out of that before, or what? Like if if I had to pull yes, a chronology fake. out of my out of my ass, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, would maybe be it was banished here as a result. Like he got a hold of it, and Gwyn is kind of twin actions, you know, banished the Ember to this world, and then couldn't kill his friend, so locked him up in the tower. Okay, couldn't give him a doll. Yeah, <laughs> no, no doll, no doll, no doll for you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just like a becomes like this cute or crazy euphemism in a uh, in Enter Londo. Oh, did you hear he got a doll? <laughs> yeah, poor, poor guy. Man, he got dolled. Uh, Donnie got dolled, man. He got all got, dolled up. Got invited to a tea party. <laughs> uh, the, the, the way that I saw it, <laughs> the way that I saw it was that uh, they couldn't they couldn't have possibly gotten rid of every single occult weapon that was made with this thing. So, mm. like that was just one of the ones that uh, Havel had taken and stowed away. Uh, before it was uh, before it was put away, just in case he needed to uh, go after his buddies. They're all like the, all the dead stat or blacksmiths are statues. But if you, I watched this on YouTube because I could not bring myself to kill the blacksmiths uh, in my game. They don't turn into statues when you kill them. Yeah, Andre and the the giant and the bony guy that we'll meet later. Mm. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they're statues. Like uh, I don't I don't know you know necessarily why that would be. I didn't read this one as a blacksmith. I saw it as a huddled figure like the uh, furtive pygmy in the opening. It's, I think it's the same sculpture, though, that's holding the divine ember. And that uh-huh. one has a, a, a anvil and a hammer and stuff by it. Yeah. So and the I reason think, why I, I read it as blacksmith is because it looks like the same guy. Okay. I think Andre also makes reference in, to being there's a, uh, there's a blacksmith in the Darkroot Gardens. I know little of the Darkroot Garden, although I've heard rumors of a divine blacksmith who resides there. Those who get stumped in the catacombs seek him for divine weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he yeah. has some line of dialogue. Yeah. I mean, it's probably worth looking into. Yeah. Um, but, but of course, like, uh, Gwyn would want to, you know, an, an ember made specifically for killing killing the gods he would definitely want to banish to a, a prison planet much like if there was some kind of item that was specifically made for killing people we'd probably want to you know regulate it or banish it right exactly like i mean it makes sense right yeah right? no in, in any sane world you know people would really be concerned yeah, about in any this sane world like something that was specifically designed to kill people would probably be background checks on occult weapons <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but uh. yeah and yeah, so politics. I, da, 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 da. I just got sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> There's no reason to worry about it. This is a peaceful world, and its inhabitants are kind. <laughs> In no um, way is this a terrifying existence that we leave. Yeah. <laughs> that is just one rice and envelope or marathon bombing away from just a cruel and brutal end. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
rarely we get political. Yeah. Um, so can we, before we fight the boss, because let's just <laughs> kind of, uh, any stray thoughts on Velka? So like my, my thought is Velka, Velka is here, right? Like Velka has been banished because, so boy, like I'm not going to present this in a good order, but okay. the, um, you know, she has, she can operate from outside of the world. Like a lot of her accoutrements are here. Um, she may be banished here. And the reason why she is helping you is to punish Gwyn for, uh, you know, for refusing to, to, for trying to rekindle the first flame and, and trying to maintain this age of fire, you know, and the kind of like moral sacrifices he, he has made in game and out of game to do so. So is she an agent of the dark? No, I think she's just an agent of justice. Okay. So, so it's just yeah. the concept of he is wrong and must be punished. See, like I follow everything you're saying like about what she's doing, but I, I don't really see any evidence that she herself is, is there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get, you're probably right. She could not be there as well. But I mean, I guess her all of her accoutrements are there. I don't think she's the crow. Like, I don't like that as a thing. I, I don't like that either. Yeah. I Maybe like, we just never never meet her. Maybe you know, she, general. like the rest of the gods, like abandoned this place. And it's just her servants, the remnants of her servants who were brought here as mm. kind of like, a, okay, don't try and bring her back kind of thing. Like, I don't like the idea that the painting guardians are servants of uh, Velka. Uh, just because they're outside and trying to trying to uh, keep people from getting in or getting out, um, I, don't, I don't think they are either. I think there's yeah. kind of two different you know things that work here. There's the idea of Gwyn banishing things that are dangerous to him, and then there's the idea of Velka, you know, in general that kind of association. The fact that so many of things are of hers that are there suggests that she is dangerous to him. Yeah, you know, and her her accessories, so Velka and Velka accessories. Another could thought. It, Go ahead. No, no, uh, well, I was just going to say, maybe maybe it's not Gwen who's banishing things here. It's um, what's his son? Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Maybe it's Gwendolyn. Yeah, mm. that's that's what I was going to say. Like no. like who who would Velka have more of an issue with? The person who sacrificed himself to blah blah blah, Gwen, everything, you know, et cetera, or the person who like <laughs> put on this grand masquerade in order to like throw every single person that was close to him under the bus? Like the person who's more of a transgressor here is probably Gwendolyn than Gwen. Well, the uh, so the idea being that um, Velka springs you from from the pokey. In order yeah. to punish Gwendolyn, uh huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, possibly, and it's it's kind of like that's kind of uh, bravely subversive in that you know that ultimate gambit that sets off you escaping the 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 thing, and there's a lot more to that, right? So there's you escaping, you know, there's so who in in that mythology who is uh, creating this um, prophecy, like who's spreading rumors about that? Who's created that as a thing? Gwyn, because he wants someone to come secede him. At the maybe, flame, maybe I, w- I would actually venture say Frampt. Um, well, and they're buddies, so we know that they're well. But then he shows up in the fucking dark end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 a real it's a real spider web kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could see the uh, uh, you know, I always tied her bringing you out of the asylum with your grander purpose. You know, the idea of you accomplishing the reason why she gets you out halfway through the game. I kind of like that in a subversive way, but it flies against like my narrative instincts, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, it's a complicated narrative like that doesn't invalidate it. Right. 
Yeah. I, so, so, so I guess I'm just, I'm just supposing like just you being introduced into the Lord Dran ecosystem doesn't have to serve one or the other. It just has to be like, Hey, here's this new. And a lot of people are trying to get their yeah. fingers in that pie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the one, I mean, the one piece of like, uh, I mean, not evidence. Cause I mean, that's a strong word for everything we're talking about, but the one thing that maybe contradicts her going against Gwendolyn is the fact that they both, there's a lot of overlap there, right? Like the, uh, the Dark Moons punish people based on their amount of sin. The Book of Sin is an artifact of Velka. Like, Velka is the one who tracks the people with the sin, and Gwendolyn is the one who is, you know, enforcing that. Maybe, yeah. maybe Gwendolyn saw that Velka was the, uh, was, the, was the real mover and the shaker here and wanted to try and uh, edge her out of the business. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm literally pulling stuff out of my ass like a clown's <laughs> handkerchief here. But, you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, Lord. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I like this idea. Like, personally, there's, you know, when you have all these different possibilities, I think that you kind of choose the one that you end up liking the most. Like, just the one that, like, fits your your narrative uh, proclivities the most. And I like this idea of, of Velka getting, you know, kind of punishing, being a blind servant of justice, kind of regardless of whether it serves good or ill. Yeah. You know? Um, so, just the guilty so must be punished. She's Batman. <laughs> it's, 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 well, she's, she's, she's Crow, Crow Man or Raven Man. Yeah. Crow Woman. Yeah. Awful stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Awful stupid. Um, who, who knows? And people people will, will write in and, oh, and correct us on this stuff. Please, please oh, do because like yeah. the crazy lore shit is like what we eat up. That is yeah. our <laughs> that is our fare here. To be fair, if it sounds like we're floundering more than usual on this stuff, like – um, you know, the guy, my, my favorite lore meister for this, uh, that Vedavidja guy who does the prepare to cry, the entry he has on Velka is called prepare to why. And because like he doesn't, you know, he can't come to a conclusion on it either. Um, so yeah, not, and he, he's thought about it more than I have and, and is probably a smarter dude than I am. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 Uh, do we, uh, do we want to question Priscilla's parenthood now? <laughs> 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 yeah, who? Uh, so Priscilla is a half breed. She's half dragon, half hmm? half what? Well, mm-hmm. she's big. Dragons yep. are big, but so are gods. Uh, the, the The theory that I've heard bandied about uh, bandied about the most is uh, Seath and Guinevere, but mm. not quite. Um, it would make sense that if they're like is it for, for for some reason a dragon slash god uh, um, halfling <laughs> seems more profane than a dragon slash human. So if mm. you're looking at the court of gods, the 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 uh, the the possible mothers narrow down significantly, right? I, yeah, I, yeah. I have a top six. <laughs> all right so we can all agree seath is probably the father right yeah, yeah, Priscilla yeah. is pale and uh albino and stuff lay lay your top six on us in in like tonight show style six to one order all right ascending order okay oh ascent okay so i'm gonna go with number one seath just okay. obviously he's she's a half dragon mm-hmm. and He's the only dragon that's probably not undead. <laughs> and also, also she can turn invisible, which is something that the crystals can do in the crystal cave. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Noticeably. Um, then I'll go Velka just because. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you, you actually gain a sin when you kill her. Mm. Oh, yeah. So oh. also the presence of all the stuff there and the birds, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, then Guinevere, just because it's in a temp- the painting is in a temple of Guinevere. Yep. And it kind of fits, you know, Gwyn and kind of say, hey, here's my daughter, dragon dude. Here's the princess in a stereotypical, I don't know, fashion. Um, then, God, I, what's the the god, the moon guy again? Gwendolyn. Uh, Gwendolyn. Or Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. <laughs> Whenever we say one, just assume we mean the other. Right. That guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in there just because you know gods kind of transcend gender, so it could be Seath and Moon God. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a big mess of tentacles. Like he, yeah. he's like the uh, the villain from The Little Mermaid when it comes to <laughs> crotch down. Like uh, he's essentially <laughs> Ursula the, the Land Witch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> land Witch. And I mean that's just because the paintings near him. We see painted guardians. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then now here's where it gets a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> number five. I'm going with Solaire. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Now, hear so, me out. So hear the dragon out. side. It's still so, Seath? Still Seath. This is <laughs> Seath X Solaire. Okay. And the only reason is because we know I'm Solaire. Rock hard, was, continue. Yeah. <laughs> we, we I want you to listen to my pulse. Yes. My cursed penis. Uh, <laughs> and this is just weak because it's Solaire, we, we think he might have been Gwen's son, lost son, right? Maybe, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was banished for something. Maybe I don't know. This is this is completely tenuous. <laughs> uh, and then my last one is uh, Artemis, the the forest cat, right? Just because she has a, a long fuzzy tail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that that that's the only reason on for my six. The, uh, very good. I can believe any one of those. <laughs> I, I believe them in successively less uh, strength as they go. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. Guinevere is pretty, probably pretty likely. You know, like I don't see any reason to. We don't have proof, but it's not going to. I mean, it's probably not going to be like a somebody who just wasn't pictured in the the game, right? Like that would be weak. I mean, hmm, yeah, maybe. I mean, technically, she's not in the game. Ha ha. Right, and we know that she has a bow because she goes off with uh, that fire god, whose name right. I can't remember. I don't uh, think he, is he mentioned at all. He's mentioned in one of her items, but we yeah. never see. So, so, so uh, Gary, earlier you mentioned that Priscilla was going to have like a larger presence in the game. Like, what is that? Because that might elucidate something for us. Nothing other than that. That one, well, the, the she was not uh, uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Was original like at all? Like she was a helpful figure and had a larger role. Okay. So that's all I've read. Like I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if there, how far it got, and whether there was more than that. And that might, I feel like some of that might be from the art book, which is only in in Japanese, and I haven't. It's really expensive. I haven't gotten to that level of crazy Dark Souls fandom. You're about two months out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's gonna take a couple more playthroughs. Like if I if I beat this shieldless in the Soul Level One run, I'm gonna run out of things to do with my life and <laughs> need to need to start saving up for that thing. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just it's 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 hearsay. Right. That like I don't have the original source for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we don't know, but we know that she is. This is considered an abomination. Like that word's thrown around. Like and that she has great power. Like she has this power that is dangerous to the gods. That's life hunt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah which is different from the the four kings, which have life drain. 
Yes. Or like steel. There's like, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a different kind of power that she's imbued with. And, uh, it's really just bleed. Like it's the same power <laughs> that those fucking thieves have in the lower undead burg. Like my God, they vanished. Like the, the, uh, um, it's the power of bleed, but we should talk a little bit about like, so this, this oh. little bridge on your way up there, it's full mm. of, you know, kind of uh, annoyances and stuff. But I want to get on and talk about uh, this boss fight and all of the things that are kind of unusual and wonderful about how it begins and, and right. you know, continues. Yeah. So you find uh, – so there are more pirate hollows here, but uh, you also find a Berenike Knight. So mm-hmm. this is uh, one of uh, – presumably one of uh, Tarkus's buddies who got further than he did. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least somebody from, from Berenike. We don't know why he's there, um, you know, exactly, but – it's one of three, yeah. you know, in the game, other than Tarkus. Right. So, but uh, is is there anything more to say about that run up than that? No, nah, I mean, yeah, it's a hard fight because it's just so narrow. But other than that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny because like if you perceive like they they come up the the the, the pirate ones come up behind you, um, far behind where you would think they would, so you won't see them until you're just fighting that uh, that that Berenike knight. And they're just there for some reason. Yeah. I've died so many times to those guys without knowing why they were there. Like, on subsequent playthroughs, I have just run run past the night and just yeah. gotten through the fog door. And because, you know, she doesn't, Priscilla doesn't aggro, you can actually beat him through the fog door. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can, you yeah. can uh, hovel get in, him. Get in cheat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And usually, I mean, if you die a couple of times on this, then you want to just make that run. Yeah. Anyway, you know, especially if you lose all your souls, you have nothing to lose. That's when I stop being careful usually. Right. Um, so it's, it says, I mean, this boss fight is really unusual in a lot of ways, um, not least of which because she's non-aggressive and because she, she speaks to you. Yeah. Who art thou? One of us thou art not. If thou hast misstepped into this world, plunge down from the plank and hurry home. If thou seekest I, thine desires shall be requited not. Thou must returneth whence thou came. This land is peaceful, its inhabitants kind, but thou dost not belong. Um, you know, and the, the dialogue, which I mean, we made fun of it a couple of times, but this whole bit of like, why would, you know, why are you here? What do you seek? You know, what do you <laughs> want to plunder? There's nothing here for you. We're a peaceful people. Like, I don't want to think, I mean, that's definitely not the case, but I like the well, idea of her just being, uh, uh, you know, clueless about it. Like having this perception. Let me, let me throw another patented Murph crazy theory at you. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so this, this, when she says this land is peaceful, maybe she's not referring to the, the the latter half that you just got to. Maybe there's like something like underneath or inaccessible or something like that. Oh yeah. Like, like there's a, some magical tea party, like going the, the on. The kingdom underneath. that that Xanthus King Jeremiah <laughs> yes. rules over. It's also, and I just thought of this just now, another kind of Demon Souls thing because when you run into uh, Girl Vinland and uh, um, what's her head. In, uh, in Demon Souls, oh, I, like I she has very similar dialogue. Like she's just, you know, there's nothing for you to plunder here. There's no reason for you to be here. Like the, uh, it's very similar. Yeah. As the undead babies gnarl at you. Oh god. Yeah, that that that, that scene's amazing. Like those yeah. things oh. are hard. I love that Jesus. boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking great. at her specific line, which is, "This land is peaceful. Its inhabitants kind, but thou dost not belong." Which yeah. means there is something inherent to you that is abhorrent to anybody who has been killing you so far. You know. yeah. So, I mean, you are the invader here. Yeah. You know, like you are the, uh, you know, and you have to seek it out. Like 
you are the invader and you are the invader in game terms as well because mm-hmm. it's something you don't have to do. Right. Like you come here to kill and plunder and get treasure. And uh, is, I mean, you can get there by mistake, but you can get through a lot of it without killing anything. Yep. You know, is, specifically is this, the, uh, is this the spec ops, the line of Dark Souls? <laughs> <laughs> if, if thou hast misstepped into this world, plunge down from the plank and hurry home. Yeah. 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 Um, but of course, uh, because it's Dark Souls, we're going <laughs> to um, fucking swing a sword at that shit. Yeah. Um, I, I have, have either of you guys got our tail? I've never been able to pull that off. No. I, I, I did once, and this, you want to know how I did it? it How'd was, you do it? I, I started from the back, and I used the the white dragon breath spell. Oh mm. wow! And it, I just, I not intentionally at all, and it just worked. Huh. The uh, yeah. it's you get you get a, a dagger with uh, the kind of life hunt ability that I think has the highest bleed rating in the game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's like the life hunt scythe except in a dagger form. And without the downside right. of the life hunt scythe. Um, when you kill Priscilla, you can make her scythe, which uh, inflicts heavy bleed, but also inflicts slightly less bleed on you. Right. So you have to wear like tons of uh, bleed-resistant gear. Um, the biggest thing, though, is when you attack her, and this was, again, like I always talk about these Dark Souls moments where I'm just like, no, like I can't do this. <laughs> like my, you know, my jaw dropped. Like I attacked her, and she turns invisible, and you can't lock on. <laughs> There's no life oh, bar. Yeah. Like, she's gone, you know, and you have to kind of figure it out. And it's one of my – it's so succinct. Like, the trick to this is so – like, just a perfect little element of gameplay, you know. This boss has a really – yeah, it's so good. Like, the boss has a really strong concept, like a one-line premise. Mm -hmm. Like, it is invisible and you have to track it through this area that you can only – that is half covered with snow. Right. So it's about managing where you think she might be, luring her into areas where you can see her, spotting what her footprints will do before she attacks – Mm-hmm. Um, and, and preparing it like I love this boss fight like I'm a big 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 fan yeah of this um did, yeah. did either of you find it really easy like most times that you tried it it's it's not particularly hard once you once you get the trick right yeah, the, the, the first time it was really hard for me oh yeah yeah I died and almost immediately I was like uh uh and I held still like a dumbass and got bled almost immediately <laughs> Yeah. I, I find like having gone through it like a bunch of times now, like I find it's really build dependent. So like uh the playthrough I did for this this episode with my guy with uh no shield but like my ridiculous like plus thirteen or plus fourteen demon great axe, it was a breeze because I just had to attack her once and it would break her poise and she'd turn visible. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so like I attack her once, she turns invisible. I get one attack off, she'll turn visible, do her snowstorm attack. Like she doesn't have a very like wide vocabulary of things she can no. do. No. So if you can break her poise, like she's pretty easy with my character, like my poiseless character that was doing a lot of like really fast attacks that didn't do very much damage. I had a much harder time because you can only get in a couple attacks before she swings through would break my poise. And that character didn't have very much vitality. So it was really easy to get, uh, you know, seriously hurt from her. This is, this is probably one of the few bosses that I, a magic heavy character will not find easier yeah, right. and this was kind of the fulcrum where, like, when I did my sorcery playthrough, it was like the first half of the game was really simple, and the second half was really hard. And yeah, mm. yeah. Since you can't lock, my my strategy when I <laughs> when I'm panicking is to uh, is to just slash as much as I can, which actually benefits you in this area, uh, unlike most other places in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the fact that you hadn't learned your lesson by this point 
Oh, yeah, out. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that definitely, yeah. That definitely. I don't know. I mean, just... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, is she parry? <laughs> can you parry her? Like, I know she's invisible, so I'm sure it's ridiculous, but... I don't think so. Okay. I feel like I probably would have seen a YouTube of, of that. <laughs> I think, I think um, she's too big, maybe. Yeah. She might be a size category too big, and uh, she's two-handing her weapon and stuff, so it might break through through that. Yeah. But, hmm. but yeah, uh, you know, you kill her, and she says, But why? What seekest thee? Why could thou not let us be? Didst thou not see why Ariamis created this world? Like, why are you here? Yeah, and it's, it's, such a, it's such a good question for, like, the character and the player. Yeah. You know, like, for an optional thing, like, you know, it's one of those, again, like, that Spec Ops thing. And don't, we can't talk too much about Spec Ops because Cole hasn't played it yet. But, like, you oh, know, the the play as, I know, we're, we're, <laughs> he's going to do it and we're going to do, like, a bonus level about it. So okay. don't, uh, don't you worry because I'm, Please. I've been putting pressure on him um, to it's, play it. Like, but it is, yeah. okay. No, I'm derailing, so go ahead. I was just going to say, the, the, the intersection between what she's saying to your character and talking directly to the player is something that I always appreciate in video games. Um, you know, Bioshock, yeah. uh, Hotline Miami. Like, any time that happens, I'm really happy with mm, that. Yeah, but it's, it's, so, so it's a wonderful combination of motives, which is, like, I wasn't brought here by my will. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just if you're following the narrative of the game, it's like, oh, I had this doll. I checked this thing. Oh, boy, I'm sucked in. She gives you the option out, but you have no reason to trust anything in this world whatsoever. Well, I think <laughs> but, I mean, I think that I would trust her that I can leave. It's more about like I've come this far. I want to see this cool boss fight. Yeah. yeah. Like why I did it. It wasn't that I didn't trust her. Like the fact that she didn't attack me and would talk to me and I could keep talking to her. Like I didn't think she was going to stab me in the back or anything when I when I left. So if you didn't decide to jump off that plank, uh, you know, and leave her be, mm-hmm. and you can just circle back through however many times you want. She'll just stand there in the center of that uh, little uh, alcove. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you can find the uh, the Xanthus set over to the left, and then you can just jump off a leap of faith that takes you back to the real world. Yep. Yep, yep. And uh, kind of perversely, um, a homeward bone will bring you back to the painted world and you have to go through the, uh, the entirety of that room with all the, the painting guardians and get to a bonfire or you might lose all of those souls. Um, but that, I mean, that's the painted world, which like in is cut off from the rest of the game in every way. But I really like it because of that. Like I really like the play here. I really like the level design, the way that like it loops back on itself. And, uh, you know, narratively, like I really enjoy this area. It's like one of my, one of my favorites. And I know it's not like a necessarily a popular opinion. Like I don't think this area is like really lauded, but um, I've always really liked it. Yeah. Mechanically, it always frustrates me just a little bit because I tend to get lost. I tend to double back and I die here more than I do in other areas um, hmm. just because of the, uh, uh, the, the the two unique enemies here. But uh, I do agree with you that from a lore perspective, uh, it, tickles, it tickles my speculative bone, hmm. Um, hmm. which is – speculum. Uh, yeah, the spec- <laughs> it tickles my speculum. <laughs> yeah. Uh and, mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of conscripted you for this one, Murph. Like you didn't yeah, uh, cho- choose to be. We we had kind of low hanging fruit, um, <laughs> you know. And 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 considered. I mean, I think at the time when we first started, I mean, we even said this at the time you we first started doing the show, um, you hadn't played the game, so that happened during the course of the show, and you became right, an option right. as a guest. Um. So yeah, I think what I were had, the. Or go ahead. No, I was. Just, I think I had just beaten 
Quelag when I kind of invited myself on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're we're happy to happy to have yeah. you. Do we have any like wrap up stuff before we switch to to admin and get on out? Would the game oh. have benefited from more stuff like this? I I would have loved it. Like I understand developers' hesitation to hide, you know, the stuff they work so hard on behind and make it optional, but I would I would have adored it. Right. You know? I like this kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, just stuff off of the critical path. Yeah, yeah. Optional, uh, like significant content. I mean, I mean, it's more game, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like. Hmm. Would I? Would I have preferred it maybe on the critical path? I'm not sure. Because I, I'm not actually. I'm not very much of a completionist in games. Usually, I I just kind of follow the critical path and. Say oh, f dodging one hundred lightning bolts, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're you're a better man for it. But Dark Souls has changed us all. Yes. Like I, I'm, I'm I'm similar, but then then Dark Souls. So <laughs> there's there, there's BDS and then ADS. Um, but but like, uh, I, like I don't I don't put this in the same category of, of dodging like one hundred lightning bolts. Like this is like you know this is gameplay. This is you know more. This is more stuff. This isn't more, I don't know, pressing a button. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And previously, like, Cole and I have have talked about on our other show and stuff that, like, we kind of agree that that's the best reward in a game is more game. Yeah. Right? So, like, (laughs) interesting interesting areas. And the thing that this has over, um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bait Cole, but the reason why I like this area more than I like Ash Lake and the Great Hollow is that, or at least more than I like Ash Lake, is Ash Lake is very well hidden, but there's so little game there. Like right. there's, there's really yeah. there's really none. It's cool from a lore perspective, but this is both. Like this is a cool lore thing. It's really speculative, speculative and mysterious, and it also like is introduces new gameplay concepts and, and new kind of uh, things to do. Right. So. Yeah, Ash Lake is just so so long. And yeah, you, in you it. spend a lot of time running through nothing, which I, I kind of like from from how it works narratively. Yeah, but it's a slog to play through. It's definitely more about look and feel than you know actual substance. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, just I asked that question just because I think like like you know what what if there was this kind of like critical path with these digressions that showed you more, and if you were just observant enough to find them it would kind of change the experience. So I imagine a playthrough that was just going from A to B to C, you know, through to Z, and then all of these, you know, uh, just kind of side streams off into, you know, alpha, beta, one, two, and three, that would, you know, enrich that. And when you came back, uh, you would be able to uh, know so much more about what you were seeing there. Yeah. Well, that happens a little bit with the, um, with what we're talking about in the next episode. Oh, yeah. With, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Kath. And yep. all that stuff, like, but yeah, just the the fact that that happens is a strength, and I'm really glad that everything we've learned about Dark Souls two, two mm-hmm. um, suggests that they're going to maintain that and make it even you know more so. Yeah, like this, you know, I get off on this shit in a big bad way. <laughs> um, Murph, so, b- b- yeah. Murph, before I raise that rhetorical question, it sounded like you were going to say something. Oh, Do you sorry if I cut that you was? off. No, uh, I can't remember. Okay, okay, good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
As we said at the beginning of this episode, uh, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, our dear listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial of their service to give you an opportunity to check out what's happening there. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat for your free, free, free audiobook. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Also applicable the rest of the week. So since we've wrapped up the uh, the Painted World, let's talk about what we're going to do next episode. We're going to be talking about... Um, Darkroot Basin and also the new Londo Ruins. So if you found a mm-hmm. bunch of ghosts earlier, couldn't beat them, uh, now is when you can get your revenge. And we're mm-hmm. going to have Brayton. Brayton Cameron from the Pitch Podcast. He's going to be coming on to talk about all them uh, uh, pesky ghosts. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, you know, the Pitch <laughs> is a podcast I do with Brayton. He's a funny dude. He's one of my uh, oldest and, and best real-life friends. And uh, he is a Dark Souls noob. So he has... You know, we're talking about <laughs> New Londo Ruins. He has gotten through New Londo Ruins. So, <laughs> oh, and, and, and that's it. So um, he's fine with spoilers and stuff like that. Um, are you, are yeah. you guys going to pitch a new transient curse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, probably, we should probably come up with some cross-promotional uh, things. We'll do it for a week on the Twitter. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do Dark Souls. And better than my, like, regrettable Dark Solami. With the uh, the bread of lettuce <laughs> and the or, or bread of bread of chaos or bed of lettuce, I can't remember what it was. And wait, wait a minute, demon, but, uh, but better than the coal is dead week, and also <laughs> the four episodes on the pitch where he talked about me breaking my fucking ribs in a car accident. I'm sorry, I need to throw an indictment at you, Gary. <laughs> my sin is going through the roof. Um, <laughs> you were indicted. Um, yeah, we, we we spend a lot of time on that show in all its various forums talking about Cole being dead or hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's because you're like five percent of the audience. More people need to listen to that thing. Yes, so we, we know we're talking directly to you. Um, um, yeah, so I th- that's about it for for us um, for this episode. Um, yeah, so uh, before just kind of admin stuff, Murph, what do you what do you want to plug, my man? Oh, uh, let's see. I have my own podcast called uh, Dork Night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of friends. We get together uh, every week and you know shoot the shit. Uh, usually magic, not the the power tricks, but the the card game, mm-hmm. uh, video games, movies, comic books. Uh, uh, yeah, basically that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have good banter. Oh, well, thank you. We we work yeah. on it. We practice. <laughs> good, good, good Twelve hours of banter a week. <laughs> no, I, I, we're actual real life friends, and that's yep. why we got into podcasting is because we are flung to far corners of the earth. So it's really just a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we definitely recommend you listen to the Dork Night because it is fantastic. And uh, Gary, what do we do? The things. Uh, Cole and I do uh, a couple shows, uh, most prominently uh, Watch Out for Fireballs, which is a retro video games podcast, kind of similar to this, but on one game each episode, or sometimes two episodes per game, sometimes two games per episode, but (laughs) kind of this book club style uh, examination of a game from front to back. Yeah. Think about it as a pod magazine about your favorite thing in the world. Yep. Yep, yep. If it is your favorite thing in the world. And uh, at the time you hear this, the next episode will be about Max Payne. Yes. And the previous episode will be about Metroid Prime, which we didn't like, and you probably don't like us for not liking it. Yeah, and you probably did. (laughs) (laughs) If the response is anything to go by. (laughs) We appreciate uh, it. 
In, in addition, uh, Cole does two shows. Um, he does a show called The Level, which is a roundtable video game discussion, also similar to a uh, print periodical uh, about kind of news, uh, random subjects, um, you know, what you've been playing. Kind of covers all the bases and, uh, you know, really mature and uh, put together real well with a, a good group of friends, similar to that kind of Dork Knight appeal. Um, he also does a show with his brother, Chris, um, called Those Damn Ross Kids. Um, Chris is somebody we should get on the pitch at some point for like Cole is Dead podcast. <laughs> like we should probably, after we end this Josh Groban thing, we should probably get Chris as a, as a sponsor because Chris uh, has, spends a lot of time uh, dressing Cole down. Uh, rivaled only by how much time Cole spends dressing Cole down. So. <laughs> I shouldn't dignify that with a, with, a, with a response. However, since you mentioned the pitch, I should say that as a show that you, Gary, do with Brayton Cameron, it is a mm-hmm. fantastic, uh, just the funniest damn thing in the world, mm-hmm. um, full of puns and awesome uh, products and uh, honestly solutions uh, mm-hmm. for modern day living. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I, that I could get through my uh, day without my grobe robe. Um, yeah, it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, no. That's your absolute Josh favorite Groban. product. Yes, yeah. um, but... Uh, yeah. It's it's so weird to hear myself doing that thing. I get that kind of stuck in my head, and then I realize like I'm singing a song that Cole wrote. It's really it's really it's, weird. It's shameful, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but we're a uh, masturbatory lot here at TV. Yes, we are. Um, but uh, you also do a show that is currently in semi reruns. Is that safe to say? Dead Idea yeah. Valhalla, which is a variety music comedy podcast um, that uh, you're airing shows from a little while ago, and uh, there was a new show recently. Recently, which was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. So check that out. That comes out every Monday here on uh, the DuckV.TV network. And uh, yeah. yeah, it is a fun, happening place to be. Yeah, and we, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, like, rate, review us on iTunes, tell your friends, all Fa- that jazz. Facebook stuff happens there. Uh, there's been a lot of Dark Souls 2, sh- uh, 2 chat happening um, mm-hmm. there, on the, uh, there on the shows. Yep. And if you have uh, corrections or additions or stories or anything, we kind of got the notice out late. Yeah. On this episode, but if you have things to say about Ghost Town, um, you know, definitely get in touch with us, uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact or, uh, you know, through the Facebook group or anything. And we'll be happy to read your comments on the air in one of our appendix episodes. Yeah. And I don't want to overstay our episode. Yes. Um, annex episode. Yeah. I don't want to overstay our welcome, but uh, if you would like to buy something on Amazon and support the network, there is duckfeed.tv slash tipjar, which covers our uh, blog hosting, our episode hosting, etc., etc. on down the line. I'm not going to beg you for money. But uh, what I will beg you to do is uh, keep listening to the show because it is a really fun, uh, really fun thing to make. And in addition to uh, continuing to listen to the show, please praise the sun. Please praise the sun. Praise the sun. We all pray that we will have far more soon. That was the most dignified one. Like it was the one that wasn't at like asking a question. So I, I oh. appreciate that. Oh yeah, <laughs> confident, <laughs> very sure of yourself, Murph. Thank uh, you. Oh yes, mm, that song. I live in Florida, so you know, <laughs> yeah, we're all about that. Yeah. Praise the Oxycontin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hmm, maybe we should cut that out. (laughs) No, it'll be the outro.